Hello, welcome to First Thoughts. I'm Connor Izagari. I'm Caleb Boucher. And today we're discussing what is probably going to be considered the worst film of the year, Madam Web. The latest attempt by Sony to make a Spider-Man franchise without Spider-Man, something that has not worked out well for them in recent years, yet they still continue to try to do it. Uh, did anybody expect this to work? I think we all, from the second this was announced even, were like, oh, this is going to suck. And then the trailer came out and we were like, yep, we were right. This is going to suck. And then we saw it and wouldn't you know it, it sucked. So, yeah, what... What do you think uh, was the problem here? Sony just acting like children and just not letting the MCU have Spider-Man completely and being adamant that they have at least some stake in this so they can turn out like the most god-awful versions of these characters that exist in the very extensive now gallery that is Spider-Man in the comics. And instead of doing something cool with a character that really is, I think, a pretty, not a very, not an old creation, I believe, in Spider-Man lore. I think she's relatively newer. Um, Madam Web, I don't know. I'd have to look that up. But you, you found the most uninteresting thing to do with her in this. And, like, I get it. You won't go and go for the old blind lady at first like she is in the comics. Understandable. But you still didn't find anything interesting to do with this. Like, I I don't understand Sony. Like, I am determined that the Venom films are only working because of Tom Hardy, not Sony. Because everything else these fucks do is bad. Well, all right. So first off, Madam Web first debuted in The Amazing Spider-Man number 210 in November of 1980. So she's been around okay. for a while, but not golden age uh, and she's basically this interdimensional psychic blind lady who lives in a web who tells spider-man that he's special that's what i've gathered from the animated series which was my only real conduit for knowing who madam web was prior to this movie uh not not once did i think oh i'd love to see her movie how did she become the web lady in the chair uh it just doesn't seem worth I mean, yeah, put the character in a movie, but a full movie about her just does not seem like it makes sense. Uh, one thing I just don't understand with Sony's tenure of Spider-Man. So taking it all the way back, Sony produced the Raimi films and the Mark Webb films, which have their fans. I love the Raimi films. They're amazing. Some of my favorite comic book movies ever made. The Webb films, are they grow on you, especially the first one. The Amazing Spider-Man, I think, is better than people remember it. And then the second one's not great, but they were watchable. I don't understand why Sony, like, I get wanting to make movies out of a roster of characters that you own the rights to. Go ahead, do whatever you want with it. It's your product. You know, you you own them. Mm. Why do you have to fuck it up every time? Why do they have to make them bad? Why are they like going out of their way to make these movies like super shitty and not put any effort? into actually 
trying to make these memorable films. I don't get why they keep doing that. This is the not- fourth, this is the fourth strike if you count both Venoms as as a uh, not great, which a lot of people don't. So we'll talk about those in a minute. But like, why do you think they just won't fucking try? It's because they don't care. Yeah, remember when they did the Raimi, which you know, like a lot of people, you know, I love the first two Raimi films a lot. Third one's okay. Um, but you know, I I like you know when they made those and even the two Mark Webb ones, they they made those when they weren't having this weird beef with Disney and the the rights to Spider Man. They were just working on making a good product. Now, I think the difference is they have this stupid ass beef with them because they don't want to rent out the characters. They had to get like, from what I understand, the rumors were true. They had to get like forced by higher ups to make a deal to have Disney at least have rental rights to the character for the MCU. And they don't even like that. Like, I think that's the difference is now they don't care because they're so pissed off that they even have to give up some of it to, to Disney and they, they want to do their thing with it, but they're not even trying. They're so, I think they're just so consumed by their own just petty squabbles now with this deal that they're not trying with these movies. See, what I don't get is that all they got to do is sit back and just shut the fuck up and let Marvel make an awesome Spider-Man movie and they get a hefty paycheck, which is what this is all about. So why bother being petty? Just let, you know, let Marvel run the fucking race and collect the medal. Like, why do you care? Yeah, because like they don't have to worry about getting bought out like Disney did with Fox just to get X-Men back. Because it's Sony, like they they're they're not just a movie company. You know, they got the PlayStation, they got TVs, PlayStation, all this other shit they do. So they're not worried about getting bought out. So it's almost like they know that they can do this, and Disney can't do shit because they're like, well, you can't buy us because we're not just a movie studio. So fuck you. We're gonna do what we want with this, and you can't say a word. Ha ha. It does feel like that. It feels like you know the petty little annoying kid at the playground who like smacks you and runs. That's that's what this is all about. It's very weird. It is, and I, I the only reason I think it's is serious because it'd be one thing if like, all right, like Morbius and do good, they try to course correct and fix it as what we are at least trying. We are seeing with the DC with James Gunn, and to an extent, Disney is trying but failing miserably. It seems with them to you, like they are like going, okay, this shit's not working. What do we need to do? It would, it would, then I'd be more like, okay, they just fucked up and they got to figure it out. But that doesn't seem to be happening like at all with Sony. They just keep trucking along, making incredibly bad phones with no care in the world. So that's what it's starting to feel like. Like, They're just being petty and saying, who gives a shit? They can't do anything to us. We can just keep pumping these out. Don't give a shit. Now, you know what? You know what happened? The problem was Venom was a hit. If Venom had tanked, I think they would have gone to Marvel with a little bit more humility and been more willing to play ball. But Venom was an $800 million hit, not because of them or because of really the quality of the film. It was really Tom Hardy who sold that fucker. And Mm -hmm. same with the sequel. Uh, Admittedly, Venom and Venom Let There Be Carnage are not great movies. But Tom Hardy makes them fun. I've I've always stood by the fact that neither film is good. I do think Let There Be Carnage is better than the first Venom and better than most people say it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't... I've always told people, I'm like, they're not good movies, but Tom Hardy fucking sells those movies 
hard yeah. both times to make them enjoyable. Whereas you, I need them to stop thinking Jared Leto is going to sell a fucking movie in a superhero film because the guy <laughs> sucks. Um, well, you saw with Morbius just how out of touch they were. You know, first there was the initial run, which did not last, and then them mistaking uh, memes mocking the movie for fan interest that they thought they could capitalize on, then re-released it to another failure. So Morbius might be the only movie in history to fail at the box office twice. And uh, now with Madam Web, they're trying to replicate Venom's success, but they don't, they don't understand why that movie was a hit. Jared Leto and Dakota Johnson are not very charismatic. I'm sorry, but they're not. They're, they're not, not party charismatic. That's for goddamn sure. No, I was like, you got so I'm about to say, you got Tom Hardy who's charismatic and, and actually likable off screen. Yeah. Jared Leto's a raging asshole that leads a cult, apparently. Um so no one gives a shit about him, and he's just his method acting has consistently proven I'm I'm determined now that Requiem for a Dream was a fucking fluke with that guy. Um <laughs> and Dallas Buyers Club. He just had two flukes. Um because he is a fucking he sucks the fucking charisma out of this goddamn screen anytime he's on on screen. Um, so he sucks to watch on screen. He's a raging asshole in real life. And then Dakota Johnson, I've never really liked her persona off screen. She seems very awkward, not in like a, a quirky, fun way, just a, like she hates being famous. But I'm like, well, well. Here's here's the thing. If you look through her career, she's her biggest stuff has been like really bad movies that she's been forced to promote. I mean, you know, she pretty much like exploded onto the scene with the Fifty Shades trilogy, which I have not watched because I have no need to. And I've heard are really bad, dumbass movies that she had to promote so hard because that's the job. And now with Madam Webb, she had to do it again. So I get why she's not very enthusiastic about this whole thing. Yeah, but one thing I will say is when you do an interview, and I get I get that, like it was very obvious in the press tour, which this was the strangest press junket I've ever seen for a film. Or she could just she she was very uncomfortable throughout it. She you could tell she had no actual nice things to say about this movie. What gets me, and the reason I say she doesn't seem like well off screen, it's not because of that, it's two things. It's it's one the three act other actresses uh, Sydney Sweeney, Isabella uh, Mar- Marsad I think is how you say the last name, mm-hmm. um and oh fuck uh, the last one that of course I'm mind blanking on Celeste, and, Celeste O'Connor, thank you Celeste O'Connor, um they all confirmed like she didn't talk to them outside of the movie like she didn't interact with them outside of the fucking essentially doing their scenes. Like they, they, those three talked and had a, had a bond that to me kind of at least somewhat showed on screen. There was no like discussion or anything. They talked about that. Like they would text her and she would leave them on like bread. Like, so I'm like, oh, oh, that okay. And then she did an interview where they're like, can you name like the three Spider Man films in the MCU? And she couldn't fucking name them. And I'm like, I get. And I look, I get. It's like I always say, you know, this stuff isn't for everyone. And I get sometimes people just aren't like that. But when you're an actress going through the press junket for a film that's kind of tied to that stuff, at least do your research beforehand. 
It always bothers me when I learn that we do more research for this show than people do for like industry movies that they're a part of. Like if you're going to play a comic book character, understand the character, learn about their history, you know, watch the associated films that the character's connected to. Like that's not a lot of effort. It's basic research. And yeah. Also just, you know, if you're going to if you know you're in a piece of shit, own it. Just accept, you know, whatever. This is another bump in the road. Uh, you know, I think about like Halle Berry with Catwoman. Like she knew that sucked. She knew this was going to be a, a disaster. So she just owned it, went with it, accepted the Razzie with gusto and just tried to move past it. Yeah, she just moved on. So that's why I say that's my thing with Dakota. It's other stuff I get. But those were the two things that made me kind of go like, I don't think she's a very nice person outside of the movies. Um, Because like that's, I just, that's unfortunate, but I think you're right. Yeah, because it, it, I don't, the vibes are just off of me when you can't name like the three MCU Spider Man films and you're in a fucking superhero film connected to that character. And then, like, you know, don't talk to your female co stars who are not hiding the fact that you didn't fucking talk to them. That, that doesn't just, that, I don't know, that doesn't come off right to me. I also find it interesting that she, uh, according to IMDb trivia, she dropped her uh, representation and hired new representation after getting involved with this movie because uh, I guess the script she signed up for was considerably different and way more exciting and over time morphed into this god-awful retread of tropes that is going to basically be buried forever and honestly might, you know, I don't know if she, I don't know if she's strong enough to come back from this. I don't think she is. I, and I know, I know if anyone was wondering why her last name possibly sounds familiar, it's because she's the daughter of Don Johnson and Mel Melanie Griffith. Um, so it's like, I, I don't know. Like, even if she doesn't bounce back for this, I, I'm not particularly concerned because she comes from wealth. She will stay wealthy until the day she dies. So why do I give a shit if she can bounce back? I'm, I'm sure she'll be in more movies. Like, this isn't the end of her career, but I think this is the end of her as a blockbuster actress. Yeah, which honestly is fine because I feel like she just is not picking good. And like, I, I've heard her performance in Fifty Shades isn't that great. So it's like either you're just not interested in these films you pick or you're not that good of an actress. It's one of the two. I'm more than more than happy to see Sydney Sweeney, uh, Isabel Merced and Celeste O'Connor like do something because they were the best part of this movie they were actually trying to do something with what they had. And yeah. I say, you know, let them have fun, exciting careers. Yeah. And that's what you should do. Cause that's, again, that's what I always kind of come back to is like, I get it. You know, acting is a job at the end of the day. And unfortunately you pick things to pay the bills, even if they're not always good. And, but at least like, just try, like just put in an effort because at the end of the day, like you said, the three that stood out were those three, because at least they tried. They did their best. They weren't awkward during the press chunk. It, you know, because uh, I do the amount of interviews I watched were like, I think they tried to one interviewer asked Dakota Johnson about the whole like line that got memed to death when the trailer came out. Yeah. And yeah, the whole like, you know, she died in the whatever. Here, or he, whatever. I have I have the line right here. That man is Ezekiel Sims. He was in the Amazon with my mom when she was researching spiders right before she died. <laughs>
That's called man, clunky dialogue. Yeah, man, you delivered it just like she did. Nice. Um, I know, but her deliver like my delivery was not nearly as exciting and vibrant as hers. Sure. Um, but like, I guess they asked her about the line, and she like, I think she, I think she was trying to like move away from the question, but she did in the most awkward way possible. And I'm like, oh dear God, this is just painful to watch now. It's like she was trying to act like oblivious to it. And it was like, this is more painful than it should be. Can we please move on? Whereas those three, I saw a lot of their interview stuff and they were still just staying, you know, as positive as they could be and, you know, happy and stuff. I'm like, see, that's how you do it. They probably know they're in a piece of shit, but they're doing their best to make these interviews fun. Yeah. You get, you know, that's the time to be in a piece of shit when your career is kind of just starting out and you're, you know, just kind of doing what you can. The point, you know, the best thing you can do is be good in those pieces of shit and people will forget that you were in a bad movie. Yes. Yes. That's usually how it works. Yeah. Um, if I could, I would, I would love to read for you my review of Madam Web on Letterboxd because I feel like whatever I say about this movie is, is not going to be as coherent or, patient as what i wrote here i'll allow it only if you told me on one condition yeah. have you read my review i <laughs> yes i have i have read your review i read it the day before i saw the movie and i gotta say i was like yeah that made sense to me it was like i was on my way to see bob marley one love which was actually pretty good i enjoyed that one uh mm -hmm. and i saw your review and i'm like yeah okay that make that that tracks that tracks <laughs> Okay, now that you stroked my ego and I was you may you may read yours. Okay. So this is from this is from Letterboxd. Oh, by the way, uh 1.7 out of five on Letterboxd. My God. <laughs> that is that's embarrassing. So Sony's tenure of Spider-Man and his associated characters is akin to that of an abusive parent at this point. They know the character deserves to be with Marvel, as does every other spider associate, and instead of working out a co-parenting situation like adults where everyone gets what they want, they consistently go scorched earth just because they fucking can, giving us movies like Morbius, Venom, which was good but only because Tom Hardy knew what he signed up for, and now the worst of the bunch, Madam Web. Meet Cassandra Webb. She's an EMT whose mother was in the Amazon researching spiders right before she died. That's never going away. They'll constantly remind you of that, too. She drowns one day and is revived. Now she has the power to see the future. She sees that three teenage girls are going to be murdered by a guy with the most inconsistent, ridiculous motivations ever, Ezekiel Sims. But yeah, what, what was this guy's point? Like, why did he, he want the spider? What was he after? Like, nothing. Can I, can I ask? Yeah. Is, was he a made-up villain for this movie? No, he's a real comic book character, Ezekiel Sims. Yeah. Son of a bitch. I was going to be like, if we're doing the Shazam 2 shit again, there's a reason they have a fucking source material to work with. God Eze damn it. Ezekiel Sims first appeared in Amazing Spider-Man Volume 2, number 30, in 2001. Uh, he's a rich businessman, aspires to be a hero, uh, uses animal totems, also goes by the name Zeke. Uh yeah he's kind of just there's no real point in making him the bad he's kind of not really a bad guy i, I don't know I, I he's a very i don't know a lot about marvel's recent characters but i know this guy is not what he was represented as in this movie 
Okay, fair enough then. Uh, Ezekiel Sims. So she saves them and Sims hunts them down. That's the whole movie. Not once is there a justification for why we're getting a movie about the weird interdimensional blind lady in the spider chair that tells Spider-Man he's special. Also, just name drop Peter Parker. We all know who that is. Why are you acting like this is season one of Smallville? That really bothered me. And they just kept dancing around it. We know that's Peter Parker. Just say the fucking name. It it pissed me off so much. I'm like, either just fucking take this element of the movie out, you assholes. Or fucking say his name. Yeah. Uh, final paragraph. Please just stop. Shelve Craven the Hunter and just let Marvel have full custody. They'll still get the check, which is all Sony actually wants anyway. There has to be a way where everybody wins here. It feels like we, the audience, always lose when Sony drops $80 million on a movie they know nobody wants to see. They could have made a Spider-Woman movie and actually put some effort into it. Instead, they shit the bed again. I can't wait to see which minor Spider-Man-related character gets the full shitty movie treatment next. There. Yeah, yeah that's pretty apt. $80 million. And it made... Uh, it made 12. So there you go. Bob Marley destroyed it at the box office this weekend. As I, you know what? I don't even bother Bob Marley because you know my whole stance with the the overabundance of music biopics we've been getting. At least this one. In this one, there were no, like, he didn't go through a drug thing. There was no, like, you know, moment where he, like, loses everything and comes back for the big show at the end. That That didn't happen. God. Yeah. Well, there was a big show at the end, but it was different circumstances. God damn it. <laughs> it was a good movie, damn it. Ah, okay. Continue. <laughs> uh okay. Uh fuck. Um you had me and then you lost me at that point. God damn it. <laughs> a big show. Yeah, no, that's look, I know we're about to go through this movie, but that's that's apt. Like this, I don't it's amazing because if you look at my little box, I just watched uh, the movie we're doing for the show, Snowpiercer, right before we recorded, mm-hmm. which I gave four stars. Fucking that movie slaps still. It, it does. And but it's right next to Madam Web, which I gave one star. <laughs> and I really, really despise. And look, let me put this out there. And I'm saying this because I know some, you know, people have refrained from fucking reviewing it because I did a movie and I know how hard it is to make a movie and blah, 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 blah. I understand how hard it is to make a film. I will still talk shit. Okay. If you're, if, okay. I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. I've, if I don't like the movie, I'm going to talk about it. I've written three novels. That does not mean that I am no longer allowed to talk about terrible books i've read because i understand how hard it is to write a book it is hard to write a book it's even harder to write a good book and you should strive to want to do that you should strive to want to make a good movie i've seen thousands of good movies it is possible (laughs) so i think just because you make a bad movie does not mean that you are like immune from criticism by other filmmakers if anything i think they should go harder on people who make bad movies yeah, and look, I know the person who directed this was her directorial debut. Do better. I don't blame her entirely. There is some blame to go there. You made it, but also I you, you tell me there's no like the suits were involved. They were breathing. Oh, Sony neck. was yeah. Yeah, Sony was involved every step of the damn way. I mostly blame Sony. So I think and that's the thing, like 
that's what gets annoying. Like, I'm like, no, you can still talk negatively about this film, but know where you're directing it. What I don't like is when we direct things that they easily blame people, like the director, like the writers, the actors, people you tend to kind of see their names pop up first on the screen. Because it's not always their fault. Yes, there's sometimes like yes, there is some directing choices I do blame her on that I don't think were good. As long as long as S.J. Clarkson does not come out next year and be like, "Well, the movie that I made was fantastic, and hopefully one day people will get to see that." As long as she doesn't pull a David Ayer, I'm I'm okay with whatever she does next. Yeah, yeah, and exactly, I'm going to give this person a shot. Like. They might rob me with their next phone because they might have a much better time making their next phone if it's not with Sony and a superhero film. Um, but then like writing, okay, I'm putting some blame on the writer here because the script sucks ass. Um, yeah, the dialogue is atrocious. Oh shit! Real quick, uh, S.J. Clarkson directed one of the best episodes in the entire run of Dexter, so my blame for her just went a little bit less. Yeah, and but that's what I'm saying. Like I'm not playing. Most of my blame basically is going towards Sony. Like most of my blame is going towards Sony for clearly micromanaging the living shit out of this movie. This movie also had four writers. Good rule of thumb. If a movie has more than like three at the max, it's probably going to suck. Yes, because usually the first name you see is the guy who gave us like the first draft. That was probably a really awesome draft. And then anything past that starts to become people that like were hired to essentially rewrite the script and possibly have to do all the studio notes and it, it just becomes more and more of a mess from there. Well, from what I read, the original treatment that Dakota Johnson signed up for, which, yeah, if I was an actress being pitched this movie, yeah, I'd sign up for it. Uh, the original plot involved Ezekiel Sims traveling from the future to kill Mary Parker, who was about to give birth to Peter Parker because he wanted Spider-Man dead. So it was like a Terminator style movie with, uh, the three spider women and Madam Webb joining forces to protect Mary Parker and stop Sims from killing him or killing uh, her for to kill Peter. Like he had motivation. There was a, a plot. It made sense why they were all together. Like that was, that would have, that might've worked. might not have been great, but it, it would have worked. It would have made for a more interesting movie. Yes. Like that would have, I would have been more down for that. And you still have gone away with having a fucking version of Spider-Man. Which makes sense with the rumors of them having to, de- they were going to pick between which uh, your, you know, Sam Raimi's or Mark Webb Spider-Man they were going to use. Apparently, um, here's the big, here's my big question. So since we've established with Marvel and all this, like, and the Sony stuff that the multiverse is is real and it exists and they can do anything, why can't they just have their Spider-Man? And just do that. Do you know Miles Morales or Ben Riley or one of the many other characters to have worn that hey, mask? I I don't know why they won't do that because I think Sony can only use Peter Parker if I'm correct. So they have the the authorization to use the other ones. They could get a leg up if they just did a good Miles Morales movie because I would argue that in more recent years, Miles Morales has become more popular than Peter yeah. Parker in more recent years. Both the Spider Verse movies have been fucking fantastic and huge box office hit so yeah you've got Spider- and those were sony spearheaded so you can do it you just yeah won't. and on the video game side of things look at spider-man miles morales and spider-man 2 like and the fact that those developers for those games and soniac have publicly stated that moving forward miles morales is their spider-man that like yeah like the the tide is turning people want 
Miles is becoming a much more popular take on the character, and for good reasons. He's a great fucking incarnation of Spider-Man. Yeah. That why not just do a live action? And then they could still have this universe be Spider-Man. Still use Venom, still use all these characters. The only difference it would be that it's Miles Morales instead of Peter Parker. I doubt anyone's gonna give a shit. If anything, it's be insanely popular. Yeah. All the pieces are there for them to easily do this right. They just are consistently choosing not to. And it's out of petty jealousy. <laughs> it's so bizarre and not a way to run a studio. Yeah. And then like and and they're driven by fucking financial means because you know there's been the rumors that there's a lot of trauma going on behind the scenes of MCU Spider-Man 4 because Sony is adamant about doing a big, big event film again and getting all three back together. And Kevin Feige's like, no, we did that. We're not going to do it again. Keep it grounded. That lose, makes that less special if we keep doing it. And then the fact that there were rumors swirling that they were talking about, maybe we could talk to Toby or you know Andrew and see if they want to come back and be the Spider-Man for Madam Web. You know, we established them as the Spider-Man for this film. And it's like, let that go. Like, Toby and Andrew, they only agreed to do No Way Home, probably on conditions that that would be the one film they do. Yeah. I I did not get the vibe that it was, we're going to keep doing this afterwards. It's, no, we'll come back for this because it's a very special occasion. Yeah. Not, hey, I'll come back for all these other films. No, I doubt they have any interest in coming back, which is probably why they haven't, Sony hasn't been able to move forward with these grand ideals they want. Um, that's like, why not just pick one of the other fucking incarnations of Spider-Man that would probably be just fine. Yeah, it's frustrating. And we, you know, like I said, we as the audience keep dealing with the fallout of this by getting, you know, like increasingly more terrible movies from this. But I know Craven's going to suck. I have zero hope for that. Yeah, because there are other things that they're like taking these villains and trying to make them more anti-heroes. But yeah. most of them are fucking well-known Spider-Man villains. Like Craven, his defining story has to do with Spider-Man. Craven's Last Hunt. It's his defining fucking story that most people associate Craven fucking with. Yeah. Like I don't like I mean, and Spider-Man 2 adapted the game, not the movie, the game, adapted that storyline amazing. Yeah, that's part of the, that's one of the storylines in Spider-Man 2. That's not even a spoiler. That's from one of the storylines. Still got to get that. Um, like I don't under I I don't understand. We don't need a solo film where he's going to become this fucking anti-hero and has daddy issues and oh god damn it, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care either and it's it's really kind of amazing like you know Madam Web takes place. I doubt we're even going to talk about the plot of the movie. I really don't want to, to be honest. There's really nothing there to talk about. Oh, I want to talk about just to talk about some of the insane bad decisions. Okay. But this film takes place in 2003. Uh, And in case you didn't, in in case you were unclear on that, they drive past a blockbuster. uh, She tries to open a can of Pepsi Max. Like they really hammer it. Oh, they hammer it. Wait, before they do that, let's talk about this real quick. Let's talk about when I knew I was in for a bad time. (laughs) Okay. Let's talk about the prologue. Fuck you know. Right, fuck. Let's just go into the movie. Let's 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 do this. All right, Matt. I, I can't. We. I as much as I want to talk about other things, like I I have to just shit on this film. I no <laughs> offense to creators. I know you're capable of better things, but fuck fuck it. I'm shitting on this film. I'm nobody. I don't affect anything. No We're funny. the audience. You're supposed to do right by us, and you keep not doing that. So you're owed a little fucking roast. <laughs> yeah, and if you cry about it, get thicker skin. Yes. All right. Continue. In the military, I can say that. Um, 
Look, so let's just start with this goddamn prologue that was the talk of the town because they wouldn't show about it in the trailer. Um, sure enough, her mom's in the Amazon researching spiders, much like the trailers remind us every single time. Right before she died. Right before she died. Um, where we learn because they just can't use Spider-Man of fucking spider people that honor these spiders that give you powers. And I'm not, and the moment we opened with that, my eyes just went, you gotta be shitting me. This is the film I'm in for right now. This is what I'm about to watch. Fuck me. I got two hours. So Sims shoots. What's what was her name? Charlotte. I think just Constance. 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 Wait, wait, he does it in a scene where they do these weird zooms for no fucking reason. Well, was that bugging you? It bugged me. The weird sucks the dooms to make the scene more tense. Oh yeah, the cinematography is fucking ridiculous. Um, he apparently has been hunting this spider for years and finally has it. And then later, we just see him with it in his apartment. Like he didn't try to sell it or like, what was? The, why did he want the spider? I I don't know. But then, look, okay. Also, real quick, real quick. I don't want to try. I I really just want to analyze this scene for a second because yeah. oh god. It's, Everything I hate. <laughs> and that was before we even we saw like two or more hours of this film to go. That really exemplified everything I hated. Um but look, you know, they have their big moment where he somehow finds gets the spider that he's been looking for his life. Or she gets it finally. And then he takes it. They have a shootout. Again, real horrible cinematography where they do these weird almost like it looked like post production zooms. For no reason, don't emphasize anything. They just keep happening. And we get this moment where I see spider people come out of a tree. And one of the worst cases of CGI, watch one leap from branch to branch. And I I hated every second of that. That that was some awful CGI that the money did not go to. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. They couldn't get the rights to Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. And they grab the pregnant dying lady and put her in like a pool of water and have the spider bite her and uh, she dies, giving birth to Cassandra, who now has the power to see the future eventually after she dies. The the logistics don't make sense. <laughs> they, they really don't. And I guess they thought like if the spider bites her, she'll be uh she'll she'll live, but she still died. Yeah, it was like it felt like a blade situation, you know, like if mom gets bit, baby has the powers of whatever got whatever bit her, but then Cassandra has no powers until she drowns and comes back and there were no she didn't have any spider powers and like the the you know most interesting man in the world tried to tell her that uh she got some of the spider powers, but not these other powers. It's so confusing and unnecessary. <laughs> it It's so dumb. And then he, you know, is like, when she's old enough, she'll come back. Apparently he's the only fucking spider person in the spider people tribe. The only one who's talking to anybody, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, then we finally, like, where you were at with fucking 2003 for some weird decision to not connect this to the rest of their fucking shitty universe. I was convinced that the end of it was going to involve either Morbius or the Vulture being like, hey, let's team up against this Spider-Man guy. And she being like, no, I'm a good guy or some shit. 
They didn't do that. There was no post credit scene. There was not. And like I said, for some reason, they set this film in 2003 because God bless. They're like, let's not connect it to the universe that we've been trying to shittily build up. I love how blatant they were about the 03. Like, you know, fucking Beyonce poster over here. And like, just reminding us constantly like, hey, you know what year it is? It's 2003. It's 2003. But with no point. Uh, So in 2003, Marvel actually had three major releases and... One of them's amazing, and two of them are hated by fans. So, first off, there was X2, X-Men United. Possibly the best X-Men movie in the original run, and a fantastic movie. So... If we're talking original trilogy, original trilogy, yes. It is the best one. Yes. Awesome, awesome film. And then you had uh, Daredevil. God damn it. A lot of people despise. I like it, but only the director's cut that actually is underrated and cut very well coolio's in it it's really good god you contrarian sounding son of a bitch watch the director's cut and then come to me (laughs) the original cut is dog shit but the director's cut is a actually pretty well told legal thriller that is cut i'm much better i'm going to remember this every time you give me shit about my horror films because you sound like that person right now look oh look the the theatrical cut is not worth that but the very rarely seen producer's cut that's the cut you have it was released on dvd and blu-ray it is not hard to find i know but you sound like that person right now oh my god i'm sorry that almost every like weirdo horror movie that you've showed me has sucked it's not my fault it's not no you suck they don't suck you're the one that sucks the stuff in your mind tourist trap sucked no sucked all three are great bolorama sucked all three are great movies you just don't get it I just named four movies and I'm nuts. Yeah, all four great movies. That's what I said. You just don't get it. Oh my god. My point is direct Daredevil Director's Cut is I, I enjoy it. I don't care if anyone else like likes it or not. I enjoy it. I'm gonna make you watch so many goddamn movies for that transgression, and you're gonna watch all those until you get it. Ugh, I don't think you have yeah, any, anything bring left. Bring it bring it up again. You're gonna watch all of them until you get it. Well, finally, there was Ang Lee's Hulk, which admittedly, yeah, that sucks. There's no director's cut on that one. That one's not good. <laughs> Hulk dogs and Nick Nolte and Puffy Hulk. It's it's a lot. It's a lot in one movie. They really did shove. I like the music, but Hulk has never really been a very ethereal kind of cerebral character. So I don't know why that's the angle Ang Lee decided to take on that. I, that was a weird. I remember when I was a kid, I liked it. Then I got older, older and I was like, God, this film sucks. What did I ever like about it? I liked the video game. The PS2 video game Hulk based on the movie was pretty fun. Yeah, I look. I will say this. I will defend the Incredible Hulk movie. I think people are way too harsh on that movie. That one's fun. Yeah, I don't know what people like. What was their problem with that? At the time. We Hulk 2003 was like the only thing we had. And this yeah. was a big step up. So I don't really, I think just retroactively. Yeah. It's not as good as the Ruffalo Hulk, but you didn't know that at the time. So stop it. Yeah. I mean, yes. What if it probably aged better if they had just gone with their first choice? Cause apparently Ruffalo was the first choice in the studio. Okay. I was like, nah, mm-hmm. do someone else that has a name, which backfired. Cause Ruffalo is the one we all like, but I still enjoy the incredible Hulk. It has a lot of fun moments. Yeah, he actually says Hulk smash. You got Abomination. You got the leader tease. You got yeah, that movie's fun. Yeah, 
It's a fun movie. I enjoy it. I'll defend it. Now the two thousand one, it can die. It it sucks. You know, three all Marvel fans really had in terms of good movies were the first two X Men's, Spider Man, and Blade One and Two. If you were allowed to see R rated movies, that's really it. And I hate that this film, as I was watching it, reminded me of those days when I'm like, man, pre MCU, we were hurting, and we got films like this constantly. Yeah, it was like a, a a like a prospector panning for gold in a dry stream. You were happy to just get like that little like little fleck of of gold dust. That was that would make your whole day. And then when the MCU happened, like we finally found a fucking vein and we were just loading gold into our into our wagons and now that that vein is run dry. <laughs> it it has run dry. It's a desert now. It is a desert. It is empty. It's nothing but rocks and disappointment. And hopefully a the Merc with a mouth and uh Hugh Jackman can bring this back. Yeah. Madam Webb feels like we went back to that stream, thought we found some more gold, but really it was a bear turd. Yeah. Like petrified bear turd. That's what this was. Yeah, this oh god. Uh I went to this knowing it was gonna suck, but with the hope that like maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe it's just really bad marketing. And then I left and went, it was the right exact type of marketing. I gotta say, since we ended Beyond the Bed, I've been hurting for, you know, ripping movies apart. I've got to do it in a while. So I was kind of looking forward to this one just so we could do that again. Because <laughs> otherwise we probably would have just avoided this. Uh yeah. But you know, here we are. Um so Cassandra is now the the lady the, the 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 spider water baby is Cassandra now. She's an EMT who has trouble relating to people and doesn't seem to like people, but but she's fine. Saves them. Don't works. really get that. Like, why would an antisocial person who hates people be an EMT? <laughs> yeah, why would you pick that job? <laughs> and for hating people, you're friends with Ben Parker because we have to shove the Parkers into this goddamn movie somehow it's, and waste Adam Scott's talents. You bastards. It's spiders. It's gotta be, if it's Spider-Man, it's gotta be Parker. Uh, but yeah, Adam Scott, I, Adam Scott is, as a young uncle Ben is a fucking great casting idea. It is a great casting. idea, but I'm also like, it's Adam Scott. Use him more. Like the guy's great. What the mm-hmm. fuck? Yeah, and his sister-in-law, Mary, who's pregnant with a baby whose name she won't tell you because it's a big secret until it's not, and then they'll hide it because, oh boy. Yep, played by Emma Roberts, who I did not know was even in this damn movie. I, I just, they got, they showed her, and I was like, is that Emma Roberts? And I was like, that's Emma Roberts, okay. I'm going to say something kind of controversial, but, you know, here we are. There uh, is a series of actresses, specifically blonde actresses, who all bleed together for me, and I can't recognize them immediately. Emma Roberts is one of those actresses. How? She looks like a young Julia Roberts, because, you know, that's her aunt. See, I don't don't follow Emma Roberts' career. I don't know what she looks like. I only know her because of the Ryan Murphy stuff. She pops up in, like, American Horror Story and Scream Queens. Uh, He he likes to use her. And, I, I mean, I think she's attractive myself. Um... But that's the only reason I know about her is that she pops up in that stuff. So when she popped in this, I was like, oh. But it's weird because in the current season of American Horror Story, she's also playing a part where she's a pregnant woman. So I was like, this is a weird typecast to be in right now, Emma. Is she, you just pre- keep- is she pregnant? 
she was she's not now she had her baby but she's not now she was kind of odd um yeah i know that's i was like this is a weird typecasting that's going on since she got she had her kid i'm like is this like a, a choice what's going on here they also do a very hard job of uh not saying uh aunt may either they say ben is seeing someone and it's getting serious but he doesn't say her name but all the spider fans are like oh we get it yeah, I know. I was like, okay, you can just say Aunt May, guys. God damn it. And then they make Spider-Man's dad, dad kind of like, seem like a deadbeat because he's just gone in the movie. They're like, yeah, he doesn't need me in the movie. Yeah, Richard Richard is just, you know, out doing, you know, having adventures with Pi. If anybody gets that reference, you're welcome. Yeah, I was like, okay, well, he's not in the movie, but everyone else is. Do you get the Pi reference? No, I was kind of, I didn't even notice when they said that. No, I, my, my reference just now. No, I don't. Oh my God. The tiger in the movie Life of Pi is named Richard Parker. I didn't watch the Life of Pi. Oh my God, you're killing me, Smalls. Okay. Anyway, yeah, he's not in the movie. I didn't get that's on you. You need to watch more. You need to get, step out your comfort zone and watch more non-horror. That's what that's what you got. I do. do watch plenty of non-horror. You just assume I don't. I've never seen you watch anything but horror, or horror shows, or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with that. Non- I'm just saying. Oh, oh. I watch plenty of non-horror movies and shows. I actually have Yellowstone on the background of my TV right now because that's a really good show that you don't watch. But you know, I don't talk about it. So yes, you do you all do. the time. I do not. Anything I don't do that you do, you are constantly on my ass about. What do you mean? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm never like that. <laughs> ah, okay. Madam Webb. So they're saving a, uh, they, they save a kid or, or they save a lady and the kid tries to give her, her a picture and she's like, Ugh, get away from me. Which is very endearing. That's that's nice to do to children. Uh, yeah, I was, I was like, look, I get not being like a people person, but Jesus Christ, just take the goddamn thing, fake a smile, and wait till the kid's gone. You saved his life. Yeah. Ezekiel Sims, meanwhile, lives in a high rise apartment, bangs an NSA agent to get her password. Uh, he can grab people and make them have venom attacks, which he uses exactly one time and then never comes up again. Yeah, yeah uh, they're. <sighs> I don't know how he has spider power. I guess he got bit by the spider at some point and kept it. They don't explain how he got powers. They don't explain how these ladies are supposed to get powers. Like, that's never explained how the hell they oh. get spider powers at some point. The trailer was crazy misleading about how much Spider-Woman is actually in this movie. Uh, all three of them have one, like, precog scene at the beginning, and then they're just dopey teenagers the rest of the movie. Yeah, and, and again, no hint as to how the hell they even get their powers to begin with. No. However, they did try to drop a... If you take the responsibility... Great power will come. And I was like, Are dude, you kidding I, me? they tried like two or three times in this in this movie, and I rolled my eyes every time. I was like, please stop. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Sims is trying to. This was the most unbelievable part for me. He uses he steals the NSA badge, kills the NSA woman, gets somehow access to like super sensitive, like surveillance technology that no one follows up on in the NSA, I guess. And has, he hires this one lady to just be his like woman in the chair and scan the entire damn city for these three ladies. He saw in a dream. <laughs> like what, what is this? Are you kidding me? 
that's the best you could do? Yeah, I was like, first off, I was like, who is this lady? I was no. like, who who is this person that we never name? I don't think he names her once. He doesn't. I'm going to look in the cast list and see if she has a name. I'm going to go with probably not. Um, N- Amaria. But I, I don't ever I, remember hearing that name. So. I don't think he once said it. And yeah, this was his whole motivation. I had a premonition that... They're going to kill me, so I have to find them before they do that. That oh, real quick, the actress who plays Amaria is a uh, Zoja Mamet, uh, daughter of playwright and film director David Mamet. Hmm. Kind of cool. Okay. One Gary Glenn Ross. Oh, David Mamet's a big deal. I never heard that name once in my life. Well, he didn't make a movie about a dude slashing somebody in a fucking camp, so yeah, you wouldn't know about it. Uh, again, I would because I'm an actual phone buff, you son of a bitch. All right. How dare you? Oh, oh how dare I? Oh. Um, so uh, they're saving some guy in a car. Uh, the cat Cassandra Cassie falls into the into the Hudson, I think it is. Uh, has like a web moment, uh, comes back to life after being drowned. Is totally fine. Doesn't go to the hospital or anything. And none of her friends are like, hey, you should do something about that. She just goes back to work like the next day. I don't know if you're if you know this, but if you die and come back, you're allowed to take at least like two days. Yeah, usually it's take some time off because uh, you fell in a, in a car into the water and died for like two or three minutes or however long he said. Death is pretty big trauma to bounce back from. And yeah, Ben's not a great friend for just kind of letting that happen. But she starts realizing that she has flashes of like the immediate future and she doesn't do much with it. She lets a friend die. <laughs> yeah. Until like the very end of the film. And it's like the dumbest use of a superpower I've ever seen in a film ever in my oh, the life. Pre- the pre-bless you sneeze. Yeah. Or the pre-sneeze bless well, you. I'm sick. Well, that one. And then the whole like he's running through the building. Duck. Stop. Now go. Like, oh, God, this is lame. <laughs> um, So, yeah, she ends up in a train station where all three of the spider ladies who uh are connected to her already somehow like one's her neighbor one's her patient stepdaughter and the other one flipped her off once and uh uh sims realizes oh these three are the girls who are going to kill me one day so i better go kill them first and she sees all this happen and then decides to save their lives and they then the cops are after her for some reason and uh she steals a cab and just holds on to it for most of the movie <laughs> yeah it yeah, that cab was durable. I was surprised how long it lasted throughout the whole movie. Right. And that the cab driver wasn't more aggressive about finding her. Because uh, cab drivers in New York are not ones you want to fuck with. Yeah. Also, the cops could attract that cab. Uh, but, uh, but it's also 2003, could they? Oh, that's true. Well, I mean, the NSA can apparently analyze every face in the city in 2003. So I don't know, maybe. It, it that was so like it took my mind a minute to get the fact that like oh shit all this stuff that I'm so used to now seeing in films all the time is at this point new. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm having trouble recalling most of them honestly. Like it was it's pretty uh, okay. So they uh, the three teenagers are kind of like well this is weird and dumb but you kind of saved us from ceiling guy which is Ezekiel Sims in a very shitty like spirit Halloween Spider Man costume. Oh, it's it's so bad. And I was like, 
again, they're just clearly trying to insert Spider-Man some ways of this without actually inserting Spider-Man. I'm like, why does he have this suit on? What's the point of him having this fucking suit on? Yeah. Uh, and walking around barefoot? Did that bug you? It bugged me. <laughs> I, Dude, at that point, I was just kind of like, can we wrap this up? I was enjoying the burger I ordered and was just kind of waiting for this to, to, to zone out. Uh, she takes the kids to the woods and by the way, by the way, all three actresses are actually over 20 years old. They're not 15. So it was kind of weird to do that. Make them look like children. Especially like, uh, for those of you, I'm sure everyone's heard of the weekend about the, the public masturbators (laughs) for Sydney Sweeney this past weekend with this film. Um, I, it's really weird because like it felt like I'm gonna say especially with Sydney Sweeney's it it was weird because it felt like her outfit and her whole demeanor was that of a sick twisted fucking sex fantasy I'm gonna say it it felt like a schoolgirl fantasy felt like dudes wrote that and did that it yeah. was weird I I hope I'm never bored enough to go jerk off in public but you know you never know what the future holds yeah so. right. All right, I'm, I'm not knowing what they did. I'm just saying it did also feel like from the writer, from dudes involved with the movie, I should say, more likely the studios that Sydney Sweeney felt like it was just a schoolgirl fancy her whole outfit and character. And I was like, this is weird. This is odd. I know she's twenty something. This is weird. If I ever run out of movies I want to watch, you know, I guess I'm gonna have to make my own fun. So you know, I get it. <laughs> no. It's fucked up and weird that that happened, but yeah, I do think that like the weird decision, like the skirt and like the reserve, the res- the uh, reservedness of, of like her character, it was, it was it was a weird way to go. Yeah, and, and not like the others on site. Like Isabella Massage is shown off her midriff, um, but granted, I, that felt less because I'm like, eh, teenagers dress like that. Yeah, they do it all the time. Yeah, teenagers also just you know dance on tables at diners. Uh, that that football, was another part. Football that, guys all around. <laughs> yeah, that part also felt weird. I was like, okay, clearly male executives stepped in on this and thought we have some really attractive twenty-something year old actresses. We got to make them do sexy things, even though they're playing teenagers. Oh boy. Well, anyway, Sims keeps showing up to try to kill them. Cassie saves saves them every time. He starts wondering, like, what the hell is going on? Why can't I kill these chicks? And in that exact kind of delivery, too. Good job. Oh, dude, his the, what the fuck was going on with his delivery? Um, that actor is um, uh, Tahir Rahim, who plays Ezekiel Sims. He's a French actor, and for some reason, all of his dialogue is overdubbed, sped up, and thrown into the movie without matching his uh, his lip delivery. I don't know why they decided to do that. It makes him look like he got thrown out of a kung fu movie from the 70s and thrown into this one. Yeah, again, ladies and gentlemen, here we are again, the beginning of the year. This time an $8 million film. More modestly budgeted than my previous examples from last year. But still, horrendous CGI and scenes. ADR overdubs that should not be looking this bad. I've watched a ton of like Italian fucking splatter films, spaghetti westerns that are dubbed better than this shit. Yeah, it's weird. There's a scene... In the good, the bad, and the ugly, the re—I think it's—I think it's the director's cut. It might be like a some re-release thing, but they added in an additional scene of Eli Wallach, uh, just kind of lamenting his situation as Tuco. They had Eli Wallach in his nineties redub the scene, and it make it fits more than this. <laughs> I mean, we got like a thirty-year-old Eli Wallach talking like a ninety-year-old Eli Wallach, 
And I didn't, you know, question it for a second. This time, I was like, what the fuck is going on with this guy? All you got to do is make the voice match the lips. It's not that hard. Movies do it all the fucking time. They did it in the 30s, back when you were working with a soundtrack separately from the film. Yeah, dude, The when I said I, the first time it happened, I, I was like, I was already kind of zoning out a little bit. So I was like, God, this is awful. But then I was like, wait a minute. No, they didn't do that. Because I thought I was like, maybe I'm just thinking I saw it. And they cut back to his character. And then I noticed it again where he's talking about his lips aren't moving. I'm like, you got to be shitting me. My suit, I paid money for this big budget film. And this is what the fuck? I was like, maybe this is a mistake. Maybe it's just this one scene. Then it kept happening and went, oh my God, no, no, no. And then if you notice, he barely looks at the camera when he talks. Like they make a point to make sure he's looking away for so many scenes. The weirdest thing for me was his delivery. He sounded like the fake Mandarin in Iron Man 3 when he was doing his like war videos. Like, yeah, like it's like you could tell that I was like the actor was pissed. He had to do ADR. You're like, are you serious? So he was like, I'm not trying for this at all. It's oh my god, what a what a decision, like what a series of decisions. Yeah, like when he finds out that the person that first off, you think he would when he finds out it's Cassandra, you know, the daughter to the mother he killed, he has like zero reaction to that. Here's another thing that bothered me. Sydney Sweeney's character is named Julia Cornwall. The character she's playing is supposed to be Julia Carpenter, Spider Woman. So, like, why do that? What? Why? Come on, just, just use yeah, the name. Again, it just feels like a pervy fucking male executive, Julia Cornwall. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh my! I didn't even think about that, but fuck, uh -huh. everything else. You know what? Maybe. Mm -hmm. Yep. Look, I'm not. I assume pervy male executive now when it comes to Hollywood all the time. Well, the other two characters, their names didn't change from their comic book counterparts. So why was it just her? Because I don't know. Maybe this one had a thing for Sydney Sweeney. I don't know. I think we all have a thing for Sydney Sweeney, but we also have self-control and some fucking dignity. Most of us have that, not the public masturbator stuff. Well, obviously. I mean, yeah, you can't argue that one. <laughs> You're not going to win that one in court. Like, Yeah. You're a hunter. Look at the self. He's not jerking off right now. Self-control. <laughs> Look, for all those people who are wearing, it's fine to think Sydney Sweeney is an attractive woman. She is. If you want to jerk off her, maybe just do it in the privacy of your home. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's the only acceptable place to do that. Not at the movie theater, not at the bus station, not at Victoria's Secret. Keep that. Keep it to yourself. Yeah, just keep it to yourself. Like, dear God, I guarantee you, I promise you, She's not flattered to hear the news about public masturbation um, to her. I'm I'm glad no one's brought that up. Like, so what do you think about all those creeps <laughs> jerking off to you at the movies? <laughs> God. Um okay, so I don't even remember where we were. Uh she oh, she shows them how to do CPR and that comes back later. They really focus on that. It's like some like in that moment I'm like, she's gonna die later, isn't she? Yeah, dude, the things they focus on in this movie, like, Jesus Christ. Mm. Like, when she's racing to the diner, and the only thing stopping her is that she just won't go around the log truck. I'm like, just go around the log truck. Just go around the truck. Do you think that was an intended reference to Final Destination 2, another movie about precognition and with a big log truck? 
If it was, it was a shitty one to a much better film. A film I've watched more than once. Uh, yeah, the preview for Final Destination 2 and for uh, Next, Nicolas Cage, was part of the pre-show I saw at Draft House. Like, they really wanted to hammer home, like, this is about precognition. If me, I'd be like, let's show them the stuff they could watch instead, like the entire Final Destination. Hell, the Final Destination, the NASCAR one, the only one I despise that's I think is a stupid fucking movie, hmm. is better than this movie. You know what? You know what I realized watching those two trailers as part of that pre-show? Movie trailers in the 2000s sucked ass. There was no effort put into them whatsoever. Like movie trailers have only really started to get like cool and good and well made in like the 2010s. You say that, but watch people like watch like our kids watch them from back then. Be like, God, these trailers suck. They give away the whole movie. That's well, there are those that do that, but there's also, but it was it was like the you know in a world where this could happen. Like that was the the trailer kind of norm in the 2000s, and that was just ridiculous. Yeah, well, I haven't remember what the trailer for Final Destination Two was like. That. <laughs> they really pull that, or were they like based off the smash hit original film? Yeah, like, we're back death. for more. Death cannot be stopped. Like it was, yeah, and this stopped. time it has a new ride. Yeah. Ah, Final right. Destination Two comes to theater near you. I've only seen the first one. I still haven't seen the sequels. I'll I have to. I'll get to those eventually. Oh, when you if you when you when you live with me, you all you goddamn bastard. Oh, um, that's. <laughs> Considering the audience has no idea, like our private, t- our previous talks about that, like you, it sounds like you just really weirdly threatened me. I did. <laughs> uh, also, real quick, before we get back to this, yeah, and that's that is one thing I do remember about 2000 shows, by the way, is that they they didn't trust you to read. It'd be like, Found Destination Two coming to a theater near you, as it says it on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. Yeah. Um. But there's some trailers I've like looked up like you you know like like the Batman for instance I watch that trailer all the time because it's just a cool little fucking work of art. I I've I've look I've watched the Deadpool Wolverine trailer trailer alone way too many times already so I get it. Uh, so anyway, uh, what's her name? Cassie realizes oh my mom knew this guy Sims back there you know when she was researching spiders in the Amazon. Right <laughs> in the Amazon. Where she died. Because look, you know we don't get the line. She references that so many fucking times in this movie. It is the clunkiest fucking dialogue ever, dude. Like it's not even funny. Um, so she decides, oh, I gotta go to Peru to figure this out. And they're all like, Don't leave us. We can't help our we we we're helpless teenagers, even though they're not toddlers, like you know, grow a backbone and try. Yeah. Also point out Ezekiel just can't find them this whole time because she went to Peru. That's not a quick, even 2003. This is after 9-11, folks. This is not a quick trip, all right? This is soon after 9-11. So there's, like, it's pretty it's pretty stringent at the airport. Um, yeah. And also, so they just didn't get in front of any kind of camera for that entire trip. They just stayed in the room. Yeah. I'm like, no, why wait, didn't you? They, let, they got left with Ben. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The elephant, but still, I'm like, yeah. This is what we're doing right now. We're going to Peru while they just stay with Ben and Ezekiel just and gives up working for them. She somehow just easily tracks down the exact spot in the fucking Amazon that Where her mother was researching spiders before she died. <laughs> yes, thank you. But like You're you, know, you know how big the Amazon is? It's pretty big. Pretty big. I, look, apparently it's very small. 
I think it spans multiple countries. Like it's a pretty giant ass hunk of earth. Look, apparently you, based you, off this film, it's about one square acre. If you just have a photograph of two people taken near some trees, you can easily find exactly the spot you need in the Amazon jungle. That really bothered me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Took a picture and go like, I know the spot. The Amazon's like maybe five miles deep. That's it, apparently. If she really wanted this to be 2003, she would have walked into that spot holding like a bunch of stapled pages of MapQuest directions. I, you know, they should have done just fucking going, going all in and connected more universes. Anaconda's just there waiting. John Boyd. If this evolved into fucking Anaconda, this I would be, I, I would have enjoyed it more than what this was. I would have laughed my ass off instead of the the, the spider person waiting for her. It's John Voight with that <laughs> terrible accent. So you want to learn about your mom? <laughs> I can help you. <laughs> oh god he'll never live that down uh instead uh actually you know guy kind of looked like don johnson i wonder if that was on purpose <laughs> but oh, gosh. God. He, yeah he's there to be like hey i knew your mom and i helped her give birth to you and then i killed her with a spider <laughs> so you want to talk yeah also i'm now really wearing regular clothes you know, I could have done that in 1973, but it's 2003. We need you to know this. Also, I have not aged in those 30 years. So, yeah, so spider, I guess. And I'm still the only member of this tribe. Yeah. And she goes, she gets astral projected Dr. Strange style into the web. And she realizes, oh, my mom didn't hate me. She was trying to save me from a muscular disorder. That's why she was here. You know, and the the Amazon. Fact, she's like, why was she pregnant in the Amazon researching spiders before she died? If I wasn't supposed to be there. <laughs> it's terrible. It's so terrible. And yeah, mom in the ether is like my baby girl. And they hug and Cassandra wakes up clearly able to use her powers all the way now. And uh, the most interesting man in the world gives her a dosekis, sends her on her way. And she goes back to America to help the three chicks fight I, Ezekiel. I want to know how she got that deep into the Amazon, how she got out, how she got a plane back. Stay thirsty, Madam Webb. And apparently never changed clothes because she's wearing the same clothes the whole time. So this ideally I've, takes place within like a day. I've flown to South America. It's not easy. It, there's a lot. It's a, it's a long flight. There's a lot. I had to change like three different planes. It's That's not a day... That, that's not a two-hour trip. That that's she'd be too tired to drive an ambulance. First of all, like I don't get it's expensive too. Like that's oh, yeah. maybe, I don't know. Maybe the spirit of her mom who died in the Amazon looking for spiders helps her. I don't know. I maybe I don't know. She, uh, Mary Mary's water breaks. They decide to drive to the hospital. Uh, Ben's a very responsible driver, and that pissed off Mary. And I was like, yeah, drive a little yes. faster, guy. Yeah, and honestly, Ben's response kind of like I've never seen a, someone have just a non-response to being told that the the water has broke. Usually, it's oh shit, get in the car, yeah, get to the hospital. Yeah. This one he goes, oh, and that's about it. That's about the reaction we got out, and I'm like, uh, we need some urgency here, man. The water broke. The baby's on the way. Let's go. One of them gets scanned by a traffic camera and. Amaria is like, we got one and presses the button and Ezekiel jumps down the pole Ghostbuster style and goes after them. You're going to call uh, Ezekiel. <laughs> uh, so 
at this point, um, Cassandra, whose real powers seems to be stealing public vehicles, uh, steals an ambulance and drives it through a fucking billboard to somehow not land on Ben's car, but also hit Ezekiel. I okay, sure, yeah. Uh, Ben goes away because Ezekiel's like, not my fight. I don't need to kill you. Besides, you gotta be Peter Parker's uncle, or I'm sorry, secret baby Parker's <laughs> uncle. Secret baby daddy Parker's uncle. I don't know. Uh, they all end up in a warehouse. She's able to duck and dodge and duck, yeah, and duck, duck dip, dive, and dodge. <laughs> <laughs> you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Um, it's like, yeah, oh, I can't say that line. I almost said a really funny line, but I can't say that, can I? No. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, again, this is what I was talking about. We we get the moment, like in any of these films, where we finally get the use of their power, and it's the lamest showcase of just watching her run, telling them, stop! Something happening, saying, go. I'm watching Red Light, Green Light. That's <laughs> her power. For me, the worst part was when she, like, astral projected into, like, three and, like, helped them all. And Sims just watched it. And did, and as soon as he punched her, like, they all, they all stop. Like, dude, yeah. what are you and waiting make, for? Yeah, they make it, like, a big moment. Like, we're supposed to be impressed Yeah, that she is um doing this. So I'm like, this is stupid. Yeah, and Sims ends up crushed by a big S, Pepsi style. A Pepsi, like, God, the product placement in this fucking movie to make us know it's 2003. Jesus Christ. In case you didn't know, brought to you by Pepsi. Yes, I watched our main villain get crushed by a fucking ass in the Pepsi sign. That's that's 2024 superhero offering. Uh, They all become close. They're still not Spider-Women, but it's okay. They've got each other, and they're all moving in together, I guess. I guess everyone was okay with that. <laughs> Yeah, because their parents, it's established early on the phone that none of their parents are around. One of which, I guess, got hit, her dad got deported, which that was actually generally like her. If I was like, Jesus Christ, the movie, or do you want to slam that on me? Yeah. God, but Sydney damn. Sweeney just has like a, a you know, her dad's kind of busy with her new family and, or with his new family and doesn't really want to talk to her. But that doesn't mean she, he'll be okay with her just moving in with some lady. Yeah, apparently he was. Apparently. Also, Madam Webb is blind and paralyzed from the accident and seems to be perfectly okay with that. Yeah. And she starts talking cryptically, which was just pissing me off. I'm like, please stop. I don't know why the, the cryptic talk like that. Like she does has gotten more on my nerves in recent years. Dude, the, when she, when she's in the hospital and like, you know, the baby, cause they won't just say the name is born and they're like, Oh, Ben's looking forward to being an uncle. All of the fun, none of the responsibility. And she goes, that's what he thinks. Oh, ho, 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 winking to the yeah. audience. And then like the camera pans over to like a grate that kind of looks like a web. Yeah, it God did that. Oh, I you know what I blame? Hmm. I blame when I watch Game of Thrones and I kept having to listen to Bran say he's the three eyed raven. And I was like, Bran, shut the fuck up. I after the fifth time, I get it. I understand what the fuck you are, buddy. You realize that in like the last two or three episodes, the only lines that Kit Harrington had as Jon Snow were, I don't want it. I don't want it. Like 17 times. Yeah. But I do want to sleep with my aunt. God damn it. Well, he kind of didn't. I mean, once he found out, no, she he didn't. Aunt, he's like, oh, no, I don't want that. But she's like, hey, it's cool. You know, dude, she was all about it. She's like that dick. Don't care. 
Dragon Puss wants wolf dick. Don't care where it comes from. Do not care. He he had the actual response he should. Hey, after, unfortunately, they had already done the deed. He, and they're like, hey, by the way, dude, that's your aunt. He's like, oh, God. And yeah. they tell her that's that's your nephew. And she goes, hot. God. Like, all right. Um, but point is, yeah. With that, ever since hearing Brand not shut about him being the three-eyed raven, cryptic talk in films like this just bugs me. I'm like, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck. It doesn't sound cool. You would just get on my nerves if you talked like that all the time. Be like, oh, oh, oh. yeah. It's like saying, hi, how are you? Oh, I don't know. You tell me how I am. <laughs> I'm gonna punch you in the face. How's that sound? Then I'll know how you are. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see uh, how you felt that. So she's now in a wheelchair and is like, we're going to live together and solve crimes or something. And uh, I don't know who's paying the rent now because she can't be an EMT anymore. No. Also, quick thing. When they show her stupid little vision where she's in her little suit and they're in their suit, and it's it's dumb. Sure. Did you see that? Apparently, fans found out that one of those shots was from Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire. Which, which shot? Uh, when it goes up the building. Oh. Okay, cool. Yeah, apparently they just inserted Spider-Man 2 footage in there. I was like... Hmm. Interesting. I feel like that moment in Harry Potter in the, in the Deathly Hallows Part 2 where he's like, how dare you stand where he stood? Like, you don't deserve to put that good movie in your shitty movie. How dare you? I know. I heard... I know. I was like, why would you do that? That was a good movie. I liked Spider-Man 2. Yeah. It's the best one in that trilogy. You sons of bitches! Oof, I, I don't. One and two are on pretty even ground for me. I don't know if I can make that that decision. Easy to the best one, but one just a tad behind it, like a tad. That's uh, pretty big tad. Uh, it's not a big tad. It's just a tad. It's like a smidge. It's a a drop, perhaps. You're just you're sounding stupid right now. It's Defoe, man. That for me, like. That's what wins me over with. I love one and two pretty equally, but some Defoe's performance as the Goblin sells one just a little bit more for me. To me, it's two is just an overall better film. One's a really good movie. I just think two is an overall better film. I agree. I agree. I, I love them both. I'm like, let's let's just agree that they're both great movies. No, I'm not saying I do agree that they're both great films. They're not Spider-Man three, which is what's really important here. Yeah, that movie. I watch. <laughs> I love that this keeps coming up, but fuck it. I watched the uh, editor's cut of Spider-Man 3. And before you get mad at me, it wasn't better. There was just more of it. And there's some scenes that got moved around, which I thought was odd. But I'm 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 telling you right now, bring up my horror shit again. I'm going to keep bringing this shit up. Go on. I just watched it. I didn't love it. I just watched it. (laughs) Relax. (laughs) But yeah, it was interesting to see like certain scenes i think like the where he goes to confront harry in the like after he's you know the fight with harry in the in the mansion where harry gets like blasted with the bomb that oh. happened like after eddie got fired in the producer's cut or, or the editor's cut it was, it was it was weird it like it didn't flow as well and i was like why did why do they think this would be better it was a weird know. scene where sandman became a sandcastle so he could talk to his daughter that's weird. Also, they're calling it the editor's cut, so is the editor in charge of this cut? Because um, it sounds like he didn't have good ideals. I guess. I I don't know. It, the, saving Spider-Man 3 requires a lot of uh, a lot of reshuffling that, frankly, you can't do it. Oh, do you, you have... Cannot, 
I got the 4K. I finally picked up the 4K of the original trilogy. I was wondering if it's on my 4K. It might be. Possibly. I'll find out one day. I had to rent it on Vudu because I was curious. Uh, but anyway, Madam Web. Uh, yeah. They're going to be, you know, web buddies and spider people eventually. And she's going to tell them like, hey, go that way and not this way because you might get shot. Uh, yeah. and then dreams by the cranberries plays over the end credits for some reason. So, you know, there we go. <laughs> That's mad. Don't, don't, don't put the fucking cranberries in your shitty film. How dare you? Why are you involving them? Why'd you? Yeah. Why? Don't tarnish their goddamn legacy. You bastards. You sons of bitches. No, but, um, I'll be, 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 <laughs> that was it. Yeah. I did not wish to linger. I didn't even look up if there was, a post credit scene. I just left. I I literally I did I I that was the first time in a long time. I pretty much just kind of like sped out of the theater. Like I quickly did a quick search. I was like I I, I have to at least look. I got to be committed. If there is, I was like good. There is no there's no post credit scene in case anyone's wondering. I was like good. There's not one. Sweet. Immediately put my phone in my pocket after that and walk, got up and walked. And like sped walk to my car. I sped to my home. I'm like, just get me home so I can watch something better. God damn it. I just wasted my Thursday night. For me, it was like just as a personal slight, I'm pretty sure like the first thing I did when I left was I went and I got a Coke. Just to prove a point. Yeah. I don't want a Pepsi. I'm getting a Coke specifically because this movie tried to force Pepsi into my face and I don't like Pepsi. Uh, See, I prefer Pepsi over Coke. I don't at all. Especially a Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is where it's at. I I do not Pepsi tastes like Coke mixed with cough syrup. I don't I don't care for it. Mm, see, I've never been a Coke for a person. Never been Coke. <laughs> Coke cherry. Coke with cherry. I do I do fuck with that. Cherry Coke, that's what it's called. I fuck with that hard. That's really good. Are you telling me Coke with cherry is called cherry coke? That's well, crazy. Sometimes, sometimes they call it, you know, with cherry, you asshole. <laughs> Or like Sprite, I think it's called Sprite Cherry or some some show. They they name it all different. <laughs> I just forgot what the cherry was placed in the title. I think Coke products outperform Pepsi product. They like they're Pepsi equivalent in every way. Sprite's better than Starry. The fucking yeah, that's fair. I'll give you that. Yeah, Doc. Well, Pib is the one outlier. Pib can go fuck itself. But uh, especially if you say Pib is better, you know Pib is not better. You know where I stand. I'm not the person to say that to. You know where I stand on the good doctor. You know I have no problem with that soda. I know that is that's what's right. You know you should not have a problem with that soda around me. No offense, Austin. I have never seen you drink anything but Dr Pepper. I'm actually surprised you're alive. I'm surprised too. I've never seen you get proper nutrition ever. (laughs) We don't need to talk about that. Uh, all right, that's Madam Web. Don't don't bother. Go see Bob Marley if you want to go see something good this week. Uh, next weekend is Drive Away Dolls, the new uh, heist comedy or road comedy from uh, one half of the Coen Brothers. Uh, we might talk that one. Uh, we'll see. But um, if you don't hear us from if you don't hear first thoughts of uh from there, you will hear it for Dune Part Two the following weekend. Uh, not from me. Not from, from him. Yeah, he doesn't. He he does not uh, he does not pursue the the Kwisatz Haderach. He he does not. I'm not a doing person. Just stop it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying. I'm, not... I'm trying to recall. It's not. It's. 
I'm reading the book right now. It's not it's not sticking. I gotta say, I'm trying here. Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just not okay. I've tried the first one with the knee. Denise first one, which wasn't my cup of tea. I'm just I'm not a Dean person. I'm getting tragged by Josh. Go see the the lunch one in, in theaters. I really don't want to, but it, it's it's happening. I'm doing yeah. I'll I, I won't reveal that yet, but yeah, Dune is going to be a big deal on this show in the next couple of weeks. Uh, God damn it! You knew that. You're not it's involved, so- but you care. I'm. I would. I would protest if I was. You you're protesting even though you're not, which is yeah exactly. <laughs> I have to stay consistent. I apparently you do. Yeah. Uh, this week we got Snowpiercer on the main show. That'll be exciting. Uh, looking forward to talking about that awesome movie. And uh, yeah, take it easy. Hopefully Sony wakes the fuck up and maybe tries a little hard, just a little bit. That's all we're asking. You're not going to make a masterpiece, but you know, make something. If, watchable for once god i'm look after the trailer for craven unless they've like spent the delay t- trying to like re-edit or some shit i doubt that's gonna be any good yeah i mean i yeah just the idea of like the, the angle they're taking from the trailer just goes against everything i thought that character was in the comic so right from there it's like yeah i'm not gonna enjoy this uh yeah yeah, I'll watch it, but god damn it. Yeah. We'll do this exact basically this exact episode again when Graven the Hunter comes out. I have a feeling we're gonna have exactly the same thoughts, same conversation, same problems. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah, just hopefully this time I won't be talking to a void. I'll yeah. you know, have a camera still doesn't work. So he's yeah, the conversation's totally manageable and absolutely fine, at least on my end. It's it's it feels very one sided at least on my end. I just hear a voice coming out of dark. Uh, you you must not make a lot of phone calls. I don't. I I actually really hate when my phone starts to ring. Me too. It's usually bad news. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah. Don't bother with Madam Web. Uh, like I said, go see Bob Marley if you want to see something, or you know, go see Argyle again, or Lisa Frankenstein. Maybe give that a shot. But, Go see Lisa Frankenstein. Go see that one. Yeah, Madam Web ain't ain't your cup of tea. I don't know who the hell this is for, but I don't want to meet him. So, with that, we'll see you next time. Thank you.